Dr. Nick Riviera. Remember me? Well, listen, my old friend, Mr. McCrack, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Away Days at Home. I don't know why I said you like Dr. Nick at the start there for The Simpsons. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> but welcome back. We're back. I've been really sick. That's the reason for it. We've not been putting it off. And joining us, as always, is Norway's equivalent of Victor Meldrew. It's Andy <laughs> in Oslo. I don't uh, believe it. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever said that, but I don't. I don't mind the comparison. He's quite a funny bloke. If I'm coming on as Doctor Nick, I, I figure why not? Let's find someone that's there's no similarities in any way. But no, we're both we're both white men. I think that's about where it finishes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, though. What a podcast that would be, Doctor Nick and uh, Victor Meldrew together. They'd, they'd have so many more numbers than we've got. De- debating the, the matters. The matters that affect the Daily Man, like <laughs> I don't even like Victor. I I can't really remember much about Victor Meldrew. Can you? I just know he was a like cantankerous, money old guy. Yeah, but for all the right reasons. I remember. I remember watching that as a kid, and like you that's, your see that's your Christmas sorted. Victor Meldrew was right. Big yeah. T-shirt. He was always like he was always pissed about something. Whether it's his neighbours or like someone on his street or I don't know the news, but it was always you could always sort of feel a bit for him. He just wanted a nice, simple, quiet retirement, and he just he never quite got it. Do you think he he was a, the the inspiration for Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm? There's some similarity for sure. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to know that that is a, a direct inspiration for him. That would be if he hadn't uh, died such an unceremonious death in the TV show, <laughs> you can look it on YouTube. It's pretty. It's pretty crap how he dies. Um, he just dies, and then it's like next yeah. day. Um, that would have been a crossover event for the ages. Larry oh. David meets Victor Meldrew. That would be yeah. Remember Family Guy and The Simpsons. That they would did be something it. Else. They did it with Father Ted, didn't they? Where they had actually him, did the they? actor Rick, the, the actor Richard Wilson mm. was like touring some caves, and Dougal and Ted are there, and. He has to. He shouts it right in his face. I don't <laughs> believe it. And Richard Wilson's looking. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is vaguely coming back to me now. <laughs> but, it, but I'm sure Ted like that to go. You'll love it. I'm sure you'll love it if we yeah. go up to him and see his catchphrase. <laughs> you'll absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, there's an underappreciated show. Oh, Father, yeah, Father Ted. Let's not. Program. We need to be careful talking about Father Ted because then you get into the creator. Um, that's true. We should leave who's, that alone. Who's absolutely destroyed his own life through his hate? It's quite funny. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about football, and there's been quite a lot <laughs> of football. Um, which, unless Doctor Nick pops up, let's get onto that. Um, since the last time we spoke, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has settled in really well. Man United have appointed a new interim manager. And the old interim manager has left the club. Uh, Spurs have picked up some wins. West Ham have got back on it. Benitez looked on the way out. He's crawling back in the door. Uh, what else? Leeds United, there was murmurings about his um, Belzer getting kind of the boot because it wasn't looking good. Palace have went on a terrible run of form. Stevie G's nominated for manager of the month. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been a lot in two weeks. 
It really has been when you when you put it that way. There's something fairly significant at pretty much every football club. Oh, don't forget uh, Celtic's Japanese superstar Kyogo was um, again sniped from the the top tier of a stand and fell down and collapsed. So pray for Kyogo seems to be the message. Um, <laughs> where Ange Postacoglu in his press conference defended him by saying he's built like a jockey. I don't understand how that defends him collapsing, like, like at the first hurdle of the Grand National. Like he, he falls with such frequency, um, but but who knows? Who knows what's got, what's going on there? With him. But we're not here to talk about <laughs> that's, fucking. That's such a weird defence. <laughs> honestly, it's so, like honestly, I, I saw it and I'm just like, if you see Ange Postecoglou's press conference, he's so always on the offensive, like angry. I feel like I was too harsh with calling him Lou Carpenter. He's more like Alf Ramsey. Is it Alf Ramsey? <laughs> Alf from Alf Stewart. Alf Stewart, yeah, the Alf flaming Ramsey's galah. The... Alf Ramsey's the guy that won you the World Cup. But he's. Um... I was wondering where you're going with that one. Really, like, he's like Alf me. Ramsey, um, Nobby Styles. But the um, he's always on the. Def- he's always so angry, angry, and. Like, don't ask me stupid questions. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's like, mate, it's fine. He's he's weaved the spell over the Celtic fans. They're all convinced that Ange Postecoglou is the best thing that's happened to the club, and they are the the build the build back that he's done of the team is a bigger job than what Gerard did at Rangers. And you're like, right, hold the bus a minute. The wage bill at Celtic <laughs> is still higher than Rangers. He spent thirty million when he came in the door. Our starting lineup, when Steven Gerrard came in the door, had Jordan Rossiter, Andy Halliday. Um, I'm pretty sure we had uh, Dalcio playing out on the left. Um, so and Dean Winda, Dean Windass's son, Josh Windass, like not comparable. And also, for the record books, could be completely wrong. He might win on the league, but they're in a worse off position than they were this time last year under Neil Lennon. That's, uh, A, that's crazy. B, it's probably not noticeable because Rangers were so much further ahead um, at, at, the, at the same point, I guess. So maybe that is, that's gone under the radar a little bit. That's that's mad. It's mad. And yet they're, they're still like, he, he, he keeps coming up on my trend in Twitter, like his name. They talk about him all the time. It's like the cult of Ange. And I'm like, cool. Um and all the while, apparently he's raiding the, the J-League for another four players. And I'm like, <laughs> great, aye. <laughs> like, on you go. Um, whereas we have just been quietly going on about our business. What we've done is we have appointed, obviously, Geo, Roy Mackay. Um, I think it's, you pronounce it Mackay, don't you? Mackay, yeah. It is just Roy Mackay. And the guys came in and it's like, for all the upheaval, I think we've kind of managed to weather the storm quite well because when you're, you're not playing well and your entire backroom staff will walk out the door, it's, it, you would expect a hiccup. Mm. Like, you would think that maybe you might get a new manager bounce, but you would still expect it to be a bit kind of <sighs> tough. But so far, we've won four games at four under Geo. We're playing well. Um, I went to that European game the other week, the shootout, where we had to win by two clear goals. 
and we won by two clear goals. Job done. Um, Alfie got two goals, as he's prone to do in the Europa League. I think he's now officially the fifth top goal scorer of all time in the Europa League. Um, <laughs> he loves that. Loves it. Um, it was great to go back to the ground. Atmosphere was amazing. When were um, you last there? Oh, it would have been maybe four years ago. Because I remember because I'd bought ticket. I've got me and my brother a ticket. He showed up. We'd been at the night before. And may have stumbled across a scrap with a, a bit of a Ned Chavy junkie um, <laughs> who tried to attack us for some reason, um, as Ned Chavy junkies are prone to do. And I remember I was in boots, heavy boots, because it was cold, and I turned. And I did that great thing where I turned and my feet never. And so my knee just went one direction. Um <laughs> And I remember at the time going, this is going to hurt. So the next, the reason I'm saying this is the next day at the game, I'd bought tickets for us and the only tickets available were in the club deck, which at Ibrook says the main stand. Don't see on TV, but it's the main stand. But it's the stand on top of the main stand that they put in, like the early 90s. So it's, and it's all stairs. <laughs> so you're talking about maybe like, probably like 10 stories high, or 12 stories high. So that would have worked well for you. In those boots, um, and I, I think we, I think we won. I think we won. It wasn't a good game, but the stadium was looking very tired. Um, whereas when I went the other week, looks great. There's a lot of investment, obviously, going into it. Um, we were part of the Tifo, which when did they start calling displays Tifos? Like I feel like I'm showing my age there. Like I know I it's a like thing it's in FIFA, FIFA thing. Yeah. yeah, but the Tifo was just like waving flags. It was like red, white, and blue. Um, and then Giovanni's very hard to learn song, which is just Gio, Gio, Giovanni, <laughs> Giovanni, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Gio, Gio. <laughs> so sang that, had a great time, played well, watched us play against, watched the game next, on the Sunday against Livingston, which is always a tough place, got the win. Midweek game at Hibs, Easter Road, again. So going to um, the Tony Macaroni Stadium, as it's called. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the Livingston <laughs> Stadium, the Tony Macaroni, um, the the spaghetti had. Um, but he, um, to win there on the Astro Tough and then to go Easter Road against Hibs, which is always a tough game, get the win there was good. And then we had Dundee on uh, Saturday and probably it was it was slow to begin with, but probably our best performance so far. I would say in the last couple of months, he's definitely he's set up his team in a very specific way, and the players seem. I don't know if it's just the freshness of coaching and stuff, but the players are responding, and it's quite exciting. I don't know if you've seen any of the games at all, Andy. No, I've 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 not seen any of them. I've been keeping an eye on the score lines, but. I'm not too surprised that the players have adapted like that because, you know, we've said in previous weeks, things have started to look a bit, I don't know, this has sort of dried up a bit under Gerard, which is kind of worrying in itself because, all right, he'd been there a few years, but you just had that one season of success and then it all goes a bit stagnant. 
So it's probably good that it's changed, but you don't want that mentality to keep happening when you when you win things. Yeah, it's an odd one because from the from the interviews that Gerard's given since, it does very much feel like he thought job was done, and I wonder if that kind of filtered down into the dressing room. The players picked up on that vibe, mm, possibly. Um, but Gio's kind of came in the team and they've rejuvenated them. And they've got it's it's not been we've not changed system as such. What's changed is our our fullbacks, um, Bona Barisic and James Tavernier, the amount of assists we were getting under them last season was unreal in goals. Yeah. But Tav can do that, right? He's he likes to attack. Bona doesn't seem to be naturally like he's not an attacking fullback. By nature, almost it's like he was coached into it. Mm. So then, the reason we've seen a dip in form from him is because he's just not able to maintain that. He'll still get his crosses in and whatever. So there's been little shifts where he's, he's basically told the fullbacks, like, "Yeah, have you go forward," but actually, Burnley, you sit back, and it becomes like a back three. So he right. shuffles in a little bit. Um, he's playing with two wide men, which we didn't. We never played with under Gerard. We didn't play with wingers. We played with two number tens as such. They kind of sat behind a, a striker and okay. changed the strike. Alfie would drop deep or whatever, and there was that kind of fluid motion there. What he's done is said, "No, stay wide, stay really wide." Um, and he's played Kent out there, who he's suited to that. Like he's got the ability where he can beat men on the wing with his pace and skill. He's more of an actual winger, isn't he, than that sort of inside but, forward number ten, can, whatever you want to call it. But he can still cut inside. Yeah. And he's got the footwork. Um, and then he's played Haji a lot. Um, Haji, as every single like Rangers podcast you listen to, will state, um, doesn't have the pace to be a winger, right? But he has the technical ability to make it work. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to bomb down the line and beat men through pace and then whip across in. What he'll do is he'll give you the natural width out there, take the ball into feet, and then spot the pass or spot the cross and work it yeah. that way um, so that's been great to see because I'm a big Kaji fanboy I think he's really really good technically um, and then Joe Aribo looks pff, delighted he's now been asked to play as like a number 10 as opposed to like out wide or whatever take the ball in, he's scoring more goals he's setting up more chances the guy's like 6 foot 3, 6 foot 4 built like a Looks really slender, but is actually mm. pure muscle. Um, so he's stepped up. He's asking Alfie to to place as a centre forward and stay in the box as much as possible, as opposed to dropping deep to try and connect play and put bring people in. And that he's getting goals now as a consequence. Um, it's just it's it's there's no criticism of what Gerard done. Like I think time will it'll take time, obviously to heal, but he won his league. He rebuilt mm. the club, like that will never be forgotten. But in terms of where we're moving now, we've brought in obviously, as I say, Geo and Roy McKay. We then went and got um, Dave Voss, who was the Ajax under 18s manager, mm. and he was previously the um, assistant manager of the Ajax second team. So we went and got him, he's came in, he's relatively young but really experienced because Ajax kind of rotate their coaches. I think Den Hag's, Den Hag's the same, where they kind of rotate through the system 
and then end up elevated up to like top job if it works. Um, so we've went and get him in as the assistant manager. Very much that feels like the club structure that Ross Wilson's put in is about getting young, hungry, elite coaches in, which I was worried about with Michael Beale going. Because yeah. that's what Michael Beale is. Um, so we went and get him. And then today we confirmed, I've not got his name in front of me, but we went and got a guy from, I think, Royal Antwerp to be head of academy, like coaching. Okay. Because um, unfortunately, Graham Murty is no longer at Rangers. His time came to pass. Um, I think they're seeing this very much as an opportunity. I think Ross, this is Ross Wilson now getting to put his full stamp across mm. the club. Um, he's Marty, with you for a while, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he did Mercy. really. He was he did really well, and he goes with everybody's best best wishes. He'd never like our youth development team and stuff are really good, so it's not like he did a bad job. I think it was just the right time to go right next stage of the development of the football yeah. side. Oh, that makes sense. And do that. So from a from a Rangers standpoint, we're away to Leon tomorrow, which has been a farce for the fans, where um they were told last week they could go, club release tickets, booked official charter jet. Then they were told two days ago by the government, the French government, no, you can't because there's not enough police because there's a festival of lights happening in the city, so no fans. Then that was appealed. Then yesterday, all the tickets were cancelled by Rangers. Uh, refunds given out, club chartered flight cancelled. Then yesterday it was announced, no, actually, the government's changed their mind. They can come now. Um, and that's just a massive oh, gamble. It's the poor fans. Fans have lost an absolute fortune. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. Out it. So it's a free hit tomorrow. We've qualified. So I think I'd like to see is make some changes, not too many changes, but get some uh, game time into the legs. Maybe get is, Ryan Jack. Is playing. there no way that you can't qualify then, even if like No, we're through. That's us. Is it to do with head to head? Head or? to head, yeah. Ah yeah. So I, that's why rule. that's why two 0 Yeah. At two 0 win, that was us qualified. Um Got it. So it was a big pressure game. Do you know what I mean? Like and Alan McGregor pulled off a last minute save, which I was right behind. And <laughs> I this, I still don't know how he did it. Did the double stop. Um where he parry, the, the first save kind of he parries the header out, right? Which is fair enough. Ball kind of comes and it's quick, so he kind of goes a, uh, and then the guy heads it down to the open side to the goal, and he just sticks out a gadget leg, <laughs> toe, and yeah. just gets it up in the air. And I'm stu- I'm I'm just like, what the fuck just happened there? I look at my dad; he's the same. I look at everybody around us, and we're all just looking at each other like, hey, hey what just happened there? Um, like we all thought it was in, so I'd I'd like to see McGregor not play tomorrow. I'd like to see McLaughlin play. I'd like to see. I think Lundstrom will start because he's not had much game time. Gio's very much stuck to the same players as well yeah. for consistency. Um, whereas we've been chopping, changing a lot throughout the season. Um, but I'd like to see Jack get some minutes in. He's came back from injury. Um, Sakala start. Alfie. I'd rather him just kind of have set this one out. Um, maybe get Ruth on. Got a few parts in. I'd like to see parts and start. You probably want to rest anyone that's on like a on a yellow as well because you don't want anyone suspended for the for the next round. Yeah, needless yellows. So that's when we get get Alfie. I don't know if he's due. He'd be suspended if he's booked. But um, so that that's the kind of update from Scotland. Aside from that. 
Well, the usual shenanigans. Celtic are mounting, the fans are mounting a big thing against referees. They're adamant that referees are cheating um, Celtic this season. And I don't know if you've seen the goal they beat Hearts with, which was blatantly offside, and Chris Boyd had pretty much a meltdown on <laughs> on Sky Sports where he was like, why is everybody denying? What Everyone's like, they were all saying, oh, it was, it was too close to tell. And he's like, it's offside. It's plainly on, and he's like, "Come on," um, which was a strange one. So they're doing, they're doing, uh, they're mounting this mad conspiracy. But as usual, the facts don't stack up to the actual truth that's out there. Um, Celtic haven't had a man sent off at Celtic Park in something like six hundred games. Something mental, <laughs> like some mad like stats right there. We need um, to look that one up at some point, but. So there's that going on. There's also the that's a, there's not really much else. Hearts have kind of that was they played well the second half against Celtic, but that kind of faded them away a bit out the title race. We're still four points clear. Uh, goal difference. Celtic have four goals more um, than us, but we have scored the equal amount of goals now. Okay, so, so the gaps closed up quite a bit. Yeah, so our goals are against because we were just leaking goals. Mm. Um, which is stopped under Geo. He's obsessed with the zero. That's what he talks about. Maintain the zero. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting if we can come. I reckon if we, by the time if we beat Celtic on the second of January at Celtic Park, I wouldn't be surprised if we would be ten points clear. We're currently four points clear. I think there's still a bit of give or take to come um, but that's wishful thinking it'd be really nice though if we could get through and be 10 points clear going into our kind of winter break well, it'd sort of open things up pretty nicely for you wouldn't it yeah it'd be really good uh, we've got and- the um, you got the January window opening in what just over three weeks do you think you'd be doing much business I think we'll do a, a little bit um, it really depends on who goes out Goldson still no signed his new contract. Um, and I think we're expecting him to go. Yeah, there's been a lot of chat in the English press about him going to Villa. Obvious, like, it's obvious link. I think um, we'd get a couple... If, if Villa wanted to fling a couple of million at us for him, we'd take it mm. happily. Um, and we'd find someone else to replace. We've been linked with... Um, obviously, we've been linked with Dutch players because of this. <laughs> but. But I think it's a very old-fashioned way of looking at it. We have a footballing setup. We have extensive shortlists of players. We are not a new manager comes in and buys ten players. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? it's not that setup. You'll know that as a Southampton fan. It just that's just not. It's not a sustainable football model. Um, whereas Celtic don't have that. Hence why he's like, I'm going to the J League and I'm going to buy all these players. Let's see if lightning strikes six times in a row. Um, <laughs> but. I think some of the ones we've been linked with, we were linked with who? Oh, who's the young guy? This is this was the best link um, that I've seen. Chavi Simmons. Have you heard of Chavi Simmons? Never in my life heard of him. So he looks a bit like a young Carlos Valderrama. Okay, good. I guess he, he's Dutch. Yeah, he came through Le Messiah at... Barcelona and was oh, tipped right. tip to be the new like Chavi. Yeah. 
Um, then PSG swooped on him and got him. So he's he's actually like, a, he's he's his. If you Google his name, it comes up PSG Wonder Kid. Um, <laughs> so it's we've been linked with him, and that came out of nowhere. Like, and it was all over Twitter and stuff. And I'm looking at the the Google search just now. Um, loads and loads of people are quite like, ah, there's, there's, wait, I don't think we'll get him. He's it's 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 one of those ones that's really nice to dream that we'll get this Dutch youth international because Gio van Bronckhorst and the links and blah blah blah. Um, but if we pulled him in on a free or whatever they're talking about, his game time, and then punted him a couple of years later for mega bucks, then great. Gio can have a better transfer say. But outside of that, I know you sent me who was it that ex Southampton oh, yeah, player Wes- Wesley Hoyt. It's uh, it's such a non-story. I read it. It's it like, is such lazy journalism. It's unbelievable. He's Dutch. First, the, firstly, it, yeah, he's Dutch. Second, it was in the Daily Record. Third, uh, they're claiming that the link of Ross Wilson from Southampton uh, is the reason that he would bring him in. I'd I'd be very surprised if. Ross Wilson had anything to do with that transfer. I know he was there at the time, but there were a lot of other people making decisions. I just don't, I don't see that as a plus. They're talking about fifteen million quid for the bloke. Like he's we 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 had to give him away. No, no one would not... buy him. He's he's terrible. The one thing the one thing that makes that very clear that that's not going to happen is the the words the Daily Record Rangers. Yeah, um, exactly. As soon as Rangers have. That... Rangers have no dealings with the Daily Record to the point where at conferences and press conferences and interviews and that, they state that, that none of the copy can be shared with Reach PLC. Like, yeah. that's how serious it is. They have nothing to do with them. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, just it's just such a discredited newspaper. If you, if of... you spent 15 million quid on Wesley Hoyt, not only would it be the worst, worst signing... Uh, of the season for any club in the UK, I think it would also equal your record signing, wouldn't it? It would beat it. A record was twelve for Tori Andre Flo, who yeah. gets a bad rep. He scored goals. He scored one just, and two for Rangers in all. It's just too much money. It's just too much money for Scott Shovel, especially when like this. Yeah, that what twenty years ago? Yeah, must must be coming up to that. Yeah. Mm. Which is horrible because um, I remember it very clearly. Um, but no, I think if anything, the players that we'll be going after definitely we need central defenders. Katic is still on loan in Croatia. Don't think he's the answer. Um, we need a couple of central defenders. We probably need a, a proper right winger, not Nigel Farage, but more someone that's adapt <laughs> with the, with the ball at his feet. Um, but just judging by the way we play. And then outside of that, if anything, we might need to ship out a couple of midfielders. We've got too many midfielders. Our fields came back onto a great run of form, doing exactly what we've been begging our team to have of a midfielder that he plays as number eight pretty much, breaks into the box, mm. come into the box, get the goals. Like He does that so well. We need someone in that mould, um, probably. But we what we don't need is... Six, seven midfielders, central midfielders, because yeah. we no longer play with two number tens. Do you know what I mean? So we've got a bit of a surplus there. 
So there's probably not too much that needs doing then. No, I think it'll bring a couple in. I don't think it'll be anything dramatic. I think it'll be very dependent on the end of the season because if we win the league, we obviously go straight into Champions League. Mm. The and money you need the bigger squad. We need we need a no probably a bigger squad, but probably more quality. And we'll okay. get some out and we'll upgrade a little bit. Um but it's a it's a weird position to be in where Celtic are, seem to be this big threat and everybody's bigging them up and I'm just they're top of the like I think the top of the European passing stats league. And I'm like that that's that's great, but I watched them. I watched them against Hearts and they they passed their way to nowhere. They just yeah, I bet Brighton are probably not too far behind them. Past you know, absolutely nothing. Just like keep the ball for the sake of it. Their fitness has improved, which you would expect. Cause couldn't have got worse, could it? Couldn't have been worse than it was. Uh, so that's happened. But I think the Old Firm game will be a very telling point to see where they're at. Um, because so far when they've came up against the big tests, they've failed. Like, they were beating Leverkusen away from home. Fair play to them. They went out there and they managed to grab the goals. And then they, the arse fell out it with like eight minutes left and they get beat. They were away to Betis and they were beating Betis away from home. And the arse fell out it and they get beat. Lack of belief. But I don't even think it's that. I think they don't know how to defend. They don't have the mentality. And Ange keeps, Postacoglu keeps saying that. Like they're, we'll always go and attack because we learn more by attacking. And it's like. It's very similar to like when Tommy Burns was the Celtic manager. Like they had the most flair, unbelievable. They had Decanio, Cadetti, and Pierre Van Hoydonk up front. The three amigos, amazing attacking football. They won fuck all. Do you know what I mean? Because when mm. the push came to the shove, Walter Smith would show up with Rangers and we'd win one 0 Because we didn't, we didn't care about the. It, the 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 style it was more about the substance of the performance it was more mm. how can we how can we achieve the goal that we need um and i think that pragmatism is is there with van bronckhorst i don't think he that belief of like the the dutch system of like it's always all attacking i think you you would have saw it with coleman because obviously van bronckhorst was coleman's assistant at Feyenoord. um where there's a belief that all oh, right okay well coleman it's going to be Dutch flair attacking football, and it's not. It's very regimented. It's system orientated. Yeah. It's know know your role, know your resource, and do everything you can with that. That knowing your role point is uh, yeah, it's a big one. I think that's that's what helped us really fire under under Komen. Um because un- under Komen actually was when the the sort of wheels were coming off of Saints behind the scenes, and there was a lot of mess in terms of ownership and. Uh, sort of the structure we had behind the scenes, but he still got us doing a job on the pitch, and it's like sort of great credit he can take for that because we were sort of becoming a bit of a mess then, but still managing to finish sixth in the Premier League. And he had he had the players well drilled, so they knew what to do. But he also had Plan A, he had Plan B, but better than Boris, he had Plan C, D, E, and F as well. And the the players, as soon as he swapped into a new plan, you could see the players adapt to it and. That that's what was that's what was so good under Komen because under under Pochettino we had like we we're Plan A and then we went to Plan B and that's kind of what we got under Ralph now Plan A if that's not working let's go Plan B if that's not working we just go Plan A again 
Whereas, yeah, Coleman just, he had so many different, different sort of ideas and things that he could rotate much like, you know, much like Benitez does much like, um, like Jurgen Klopp will do if he needs to, like the great managers are really good at doing that kind of thing. It's why I was at the stand up for Coleman. I think he gets too much shit. Um, especially for what happened at Barcelona. Uh, I think he's a fantastic coach and like, Anyone that's learned from him is going to develop in a similar style, which is exactly what you're going to get from well, that, that. That seems to be that's what a lot of the guys who obviously I don't go to the games, but a lot of the guys that go to the games and that have started saying that about you can tell that there's more than we had it under Mark Warburton where there was plan A, and if plan A didn't work, then plan B was to do plan A better. Right? That's what you used to say, and he still says yeah, that yeah. QPR and stuff, right. <laughs> Then we went to Gerard, where it was very much plan A. Plan B was like a maybe two holding midfielders instead of yeah. one, right? And it worked for us. We were we were very good when we were up against teams like who were better than us. Like we did mm. phenomenally well in Europe doing that. Um, but in Scotland, it was a slog until last season. It all clicked, and we were like the perfect season for us in Scotland outside of the Cups obviously but but even then on the Cups it was like how do you change when you're up against a St Johnston and that and they bring a goalkeeper up no one was alert enough to react to the goalkeeper this guy in a bright luminous like green <laughs> fucking suit in a goal box was left to have a free header that they scored from so we never had that whereas under in Bronckhorst he adapts the team and while I'm saying that yeah our formation hasn't changed much the formation on paper hasn't changed much, but the system very much has. Mm. And players know where to slot. They've already been coached by very good coaches. So he's not starting at a base of zero. We're like, okay, I'm going to show you guys how to do this. He's actually coming in at a nice level. A bit like, was Coleman before Pochettino? After. He replaced Poch. After. So he would have came in and he would have had players whose fitness was very high. Yeah, and who understood how to how to kind of play systems, and then he would have added on top of that. Yeah, and that's, that's the situation exactly we what happened. Just took us on to another level, which we didn't really think was was possible because Pochettino. Well, everyone knows how good Pochettino is. It's like how the hell do you get better than him? Um, but yeah, in my so, opinion, it happened. So for it's exciting. It's exciting times. I think it's. I think we're still tempering it a little bit because we've just been through a horrendous breakup, and we can't quite believe that. The new the new girlfriend is is even more attractive than the old one. Yeah, you're just, when she's still did. wondering if she's gonna screw you over. Like why London. why is she are we the rebound? Um <laughs> so yeah. we're trying we're trying hey, to figure that out. Oh well, oh well the, the big dirty uncle across the road is making eyes and getting closer and closer. <laughs> and we're like, mm, but they're not getting that close, but everybody's saying oh he's getting closer. Um so we'll see. We'll see. And yes, I did compare Celtic Football Club to a dirty uncle, but that court case is ongoing, the class action. So we can talk about that another time. <laughs> um right. Well we'll, we'll talk about them. Let's let's just jump into it. What's happening at Saints? Uh more more of the same. Um I'm trying to think how many games have gone by since we last spoke. Probably three, um, which is the, the, ine- the inevitable loss to Norwich, which I called it, get a new manager and they're yep. going to beat us. That happened. Um, we should have buried in first half. They were terrible. Guess what? Second half, we fell apart. No big surprise there. Um, then we played Liverpool, I think. Yeah, 4-0. Um, no. And we, we, <laughs> we basically tried to play Liverpool against Liverpool. 
which was the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Uh, they could have beaten us about 12-0 in that match. Um, but we just kept attacking them. It was unbelievable. It was like, um, yeah, it was like we were Liverpool and Liverpool were some poor like League Two team that had been drawing us in the cup. We were just going at them, going at them like kids <laughs> in a playground, just trying to score. We could have scored three or four goals, honestly. Like I've been, I've been having a go at our, our finishing all season, and that match we we comfortably could have had like three goals. Um, but I mean, they comfortably could have had double figures. Uh, and then the last match. But you had Leicester after that. Oh yeah, bloody hell, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. Oh, that was another one. Like we, uh, to be fair, like we scored two goals, which is surprising in itself because we never normally score more than one. Uh, we lost the lead twice, which we are very good at doing. We should have beaten them, to be honest. They they had patches in the game. We were probably the better team. Uh, and then we played Brighton, which was like an attack versus defense training match where we should have absolutely battered them. Again, same rhetoric we've had all season. Absolutely annihilate them in the first half, let them back in in the second half. They went down to 10 men because um, Leandro Trossard looked like he dislocated his elbow. Bloody horrible. Um, 10 minutes out of time, got to the ninth minute of out of time. James Ward-Prowse hospital pass in midfield, absolutely terrible. Romero brings down a player on the edge of the box. I was about to turn the TV off at this point, so I knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, they put a free kick in, hits the wall, bounces back out. Ward-Prowse runs onto the post because our goalkeeper's injured but hasn't bothered to tell anyone. Um, Prowse on the post, plays everyone on side. They just pop a ball through to the striker, puts it in the back of the net. And I'll, yeah, I nearly put the remote through the wall. I, don't, I think that's the most angry I've been at any game this season. Did you have uh, to mutter... I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wish I had done. Uh, but the problem is, mate, is I could believe it. I firmly believed it. I knew it was going to bloody happen. I, d- I told myself through the the end of that game, I was like, it won't happen again, it won't happen again. And they got that free kick. And I was like, I fucking know what's going to happen here. Um, yeah, oh, it's, it was the worst one. We've given away so many points this season. That that was the worst one because, honestly, the, the if you see another one-sided game that ends as a draw, I'll, I'll be amazed. It was, it was, it was something else. That one, um, it really, really was. Um, it's such a shame because we played so well in parts of that game. So many players I thought had quite a good game as well, but just what has become classic, Hassan Hurtle Saints. We just can't finish a game off. I, th- I think the big problem is they get one new up, and we seem to go one new up very early in games as well. Within twenty minutes, most games. They get one new up and then it must be something like mentally hits them to think, oh, we've been here before. We just don't know how to score a second goal. We don't know how to create a two goal lead. The longer that goes on, the more nervous they get, which means in the second half, the nerves kick in. You start to make a few mistakes. People start to question what they're doing and the inevitable happens. You let a goal in, maybe you let in two. It's just, just it's a massive mental thing because I, I honestly think we've got decent quality in that team. I think there's a huge mental block at the moment of going one new up and just not like knowing what to do next or not believing that we can do something else. It sounds like a, a lack of like dressing room leadership though. It like is ca- like characters that would come in. You would maybe go in the, the, the January window and you would sign a couple of oldies. Who yeah. Might yeah. Not start every game, but will impact the dressing room massively and be like, no, I don't know. Or maybe you throw money and get like a really like a name striker 
someone that inspires confidence. You know, like, am I, am I like Zlatan? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, I'd love to like, sign Zlatan. That'd be great. No, he's just you know, said he wants to finish his career at Milan. Yeah, no, but you know, like someone, someone of that stature who's just going to come in who is like, no, I like Jermaine Defoe. Uh, us did that. Yeah, where he came in and he still has it. He doesn't play many games, but when he comes on. Like last season, some of the goals he scored were just unbelievable because he just had that natural quality yeah. and it inspires the team. We've got obviously we we get Steve Davis back from you guys. I was just that's, gonna say that's exactly the sort of bloke we're we're missing at the moment. Just someone that's gonna like steady the ship, go hang on a minute, don't worry, Luke, a one up, we can do this. I do think I think you hit the nail on the head with it. You need to score goals. You're just not scoring enough goals. You don't have... For the chances and- we create, we're miles away from the amount of goals that we should be scoring. And you're, you're right about like needing that centre-forward. I think it's we either need one of or both of a, a bloke that's going to put the ball in the back of the net regardless of the confidence of the team. Or we need someone or a couple of people that are going to come in and just yeah give give that sort of positivity and inspire and put a bit of belief into the team. Because we, we don't have that. Like James Will Prowse, our captain, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't really see that from him at all. Um, I think we've got a couple of like Salasu, who's probably been our, our best player this season, is starting to show a bit of that. But the guy's still like twenty two, twenty three years old. You can't expect him to be that person. No, uh, it's a yeah. lot to put on the shoulder. It, it, it just feels a bit like though some of the signings as well. Like I know you signed Armstrong. Remember when we were talking about Norwich and how they were very much a championship side? Yeah. It's, like, it's always a gamble to sign championship players to come up to the Premier League. Of course and it is, but this is, our, this is our new strategy now. Sign championship players and sign young players from Premier League clubs. But you, sign, you sign championship players, you become a championship team. Yeah, if you if you bring in too many of them, that's exactly the case. Um, I mean, our, 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 front, our front line, uh, our options up top are... A 19-year-old Chelsea Loney, who's class, by the way. Like Amanda Broyard's going to be some player. Like he's way too good to be playing for us. Um, he's going to be really good. But yeah, a 19-year-old Chelsea Loney, Shea Adams, who came up from the Championship and doesn't have the best goals return. He's in pretty good form at the moment, but doesn't have the best goals return. He's a good player though, hard worker. And then Adam Armstrong, first season in the Premier League, having just come up from the Championship. So yeah, we are a little bit short in that respect yeah what's happening with the goalkeeper situation <laughs> Fraser Forster got injured before the Brighton game so Harry Lewis came onto the bench Harry Lewis has never played a Premier League game for us I think he's about I don't know, 23 24 he's one of those that's just sort of always been there and it's probably never never really going to make it for us um so he's on the bench anyway um and then Alex McCarthy I didn't even realise. I didn't know until after the game. Alex McCarthy, um, he picked up an injury. Um, I guess maybe, what, 15, 20 minutes into that second half? Um, and just didn't didn't tell anyone. He said he could play on and uh, he played on, but it turns out he couldn't jump. The manager thought he only couldn't kick, which is why uh, Lianco, the centre-back, was taking the goal kicks because that confused me as well. Uh, why is the centre-back taking the goal kicks? And then, yeah, um, turns out McCarthy couldn't jump. He'd done his hamstring, but just didn't tell the bench. Why? Why so, would? Why would that? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around it because when Ralph came out and started having a pop at him after the game, I thought, "Oh, this is just a bit desperate." But then, when you read what he was saying, you're like, "No wonder he's fuming." 
Because if we had a goalkeeper that could jump, we wouldn't have drawn that game. It's honestly just it blew my mind that. So anyway, he's out injured now um, for however long. Um, both him and Forster won't be around for the rest of this calendar year for, for sure. But um, yeah, so we've had to go into the market and see what's about. I suppose we could have got an emergency loan in from somewhere. I, I'm guessing that would have been getting like a like a Scott Carson from Man City or Tom Heaton from Man United or something, which maybe wouldn't have been a bad option. But we've gone for the short-term transfer in the free transfer market and picked up Willie Caballero, who I didn't realise he was 40. I thought he was about 35. Oh, no, I thought he's been around for he has, years. But like, he was only just released by Chelsea at the end of last season. He's a, he's a bloody good keeper, though. Like, there's question marks over his sort of long distribution. But other than that, like, I think he's I think he's a pretty solid keeper. And even at 40, I think he's still going to do a job. There's plenty of goalkeepers that have been sort of good into their 40s in the Premier League. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's better than the two keepers we just lost to each yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, so I've got, I've got no problem with it. Um, the only thing is, is he's, you know, he doesn't know the team, he doesn't know the system, he doesn't know the players. Like, he's, he's coming in brand new and probably going to have to start in the game uh, against Arsenal on the weekend. Well, yeah, moving on to that, you've got Arsenal. So, yeah, Arsenal are in a bit of a terrible run of form as well. You know what Arsenal do though? Arsenal this season have lost in quite obvious ways to all the teams better than them and then beaten everyone else that they're better than. And it's just, the Arsenal are where they are. They are they are bang on where they should be and they have performed pretty much exactly as they should do in almost every game this season, I think. It's very, they're very smoking mirrors because yeah. I still, I, I still can't quite understand what the strategy there is <laughs> and this is why this is if you're a new listener go back and listen to some of our podcasts where we absolutely rip into Arteta Ma- for, manager of the month Michael who then became manager of the month which blew our minds um, and, and since then has shown nothing to say that that was that we were wrong like Man United beat them and I'm sorry my, like I, like Okay, a new guy's coming in the door, but still, same coaching staff up to that point. They beat Newcastle yep. 2 0. That's nothing to talk about. Liverpool spanked them, absolutely spanked them. Um, and then obviously Everton beat them on Monday, and Everton were in an absolute hole. So, this game that's coming up is you're either going to get what, a 3 0 defeat. Oh, yeah, they'll, take... they'll, they'll beat us. They'll beat us. And it'll it'll probably be, I reckon, 2-0. You reckon? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, Arsenal's, Arsenal's last, like, six games, I think they've won three and lost three. And they've lost to Everton, Man United and Liverpool all the way from home, which on paper, you'd probably say, before a ball's kicked at the beginning of the season, you'd probably put Arsenal down to lose all three of them. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just they're just about all over the place. The strange team. They're sat in seventh at the moment. I think that's probably about right. I would have had them beginning of the season. I would have had them seventh or eighth, maybe. I'm just looking at the table around them. I think that's down to other teams just not picking up points. I don't think it's due to Arsenal performing at a level that's put them there. I think they've been quite fortunate. Brighton drawn all their games pretty much. 
um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Villa or Villa are four points behind them. It's crazy, that isn't it? Like, shall we? Do, let's briefly touch on Villa. Um, I think you're just seeing the bounce and also the coaching. It, it they've got a very good backroom staff, and they'll do well with those players. Yeah, I think so. I think so. There's, I think there's still a long way for Villa to go. The expectation that was on them this season was actually a little unfair on Dean Smith, although he shouldn't have said that they had to get a top ten finish. That was a, that was him shooting himself in the foot a bit. But I think Villa will do well to finish sort of ninth or tenth. Yeah, I think, but I think that's where I think that's where they're at. I think that's the team level. I don't yeah, think the teams. Look at the teams that are sort of above and below them. The, the the top seven, you can't really argue for finishing outside of the top ten. And then you've got Wolves and Brighton. Now, if you took Wolves and Brighton out of out of that top ten, you've below Villa, who are tenth. You've got Leicester, you've got Everton. You'd probably put them in there. Even Leeds at a push, you'd argue. Brentford, if they went on a decent run. Like, there's a lot of teams that could still probably finish above Villa and Villa then find themselves down in 12th and not really have too many complaints about it. So I think I think if they would have finished like ninth, I think they could put that down as a pretty good season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair to say. Uh, what else is going on? Well, Gerard's nominated for manager of the month. Um, it's not really that impressive a record. Like, he's played four games. He's won three, got beat off Man City. Um, the other candidates, I think, are Klopp and... Guardiola, I think you have to kind of give it to Guardiola. They've won I the last so. five. They've yeah. won the last They're five in a row. So unbeaten, unbeaten last month. Um, I think it's sort of only only fair to give it that way, really. And it's the first time Man City have been top of the league all season. Yeah, Chelsea have fell away. Um, well, I'm very happy away. about that as well. I was getting sick of this. Like they, people had kind of turned um, Thomas Tuchel into like the new messiah. And we, we talked him up because the, the, they have looked I think good, they're, they're but... very good, but I think someone made, the, somebody made a very fair point that um, someone made a bit, hang on, I'm getting attacked by my dog. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you can, can you? Sorry, interrupted there by a, a, a rabid dog. Um, Tuchel, yeah, we've talked about, I think he's done a really good job. Like, but even the, the points that we made pre- in the last podcast was like he's taken the ex- almost the exact same back line and made them very hard to beat. He's not invested a lot of money in terms of what he had at his disposal, which fair enough. They'd invested a lot of money before he came in. He's took Lukaku on. That's a lot of money. But in terms of the back line and, and the midfield. And so it shouldn't be unexpected that the they're sitting third. Like, as if that's a big, oh my God, they're not going to win the league. I, I don't think they were going to win the league. Like Man City and Liverpool are so strong. But it'd be good if they stay in amongst it. To have a like, three-horse race would be, would be nice because I can't even remember the last time it happened. It's normally just two at the top by a mile. It'd be good to see. I mean, it'd be good to see a, you know all, all four up there, but it's, it's not going to happen. But a three-horse race would be, would be good for, for the rest of us. They've conceded, even though like their back line, which we've spoken about, like they're conceding hardly any goals. They've conceded nine goals mm-hmm. in the league this season. Man City are yeah. the same. No one's talking about Man City's defence. But they've conceded nine goals. It's That's just unreal. an expectation. And then Liverpool's 12. Now, isn't 
Yeah, but it's, it's just they're just mm. very. But good. I think it was an expectation just of Liverpool good. as well. It just, I would I would say their defense has looked quite shaky in the games that I've seen. Like like I said, I, we could have scored you know a couple of goals against them. Um, I watched them against was it Brentford that put three past them. Um, yeah, Brentford drew three three them earlier this season. Like that, you can get goals against Liverpool. I. I was I was convinced we were going to score against them, and that's that Saints with their you know shockingly bad front line. Yeah. So I was kind of uh, yeah kind kind of surprised when I saw that Liverpool have only conceded twelve all season because I really think their defence was quite shaky. West Ham continue to kind of be in amongst it. I think that's I, four like four five six. That's where West Ham will be. Fair play if they, if they imagine if they get fourth place. Like what a job David Moyes would have done. I think you have to give him manager of the season if he if he gets them in the Champions League. If he if he pulls that off, it'd be amazing. Conte, they've got three wins on the bounce. They're sitting fifth, which is again they're it's mad, fifth isn't with it? a game in Spurs, hand. Top, Tottenham win that game in game hand, hand. They could be seven points at the top. Which is it's, it's such it's a strange ridiculous. season because they're sitting what. Fifth with twenty five points, Norwich rock bottom are on ten points. If Norwich win two games, they can be technically up to fourteenth. Well, like it's 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 such a tight. The bottom this three season. are all on ten points now, and they, I mean, Newcastle and Norwich looked dead two weeks ago. They were done. Newcastle hadn't won a game in like the fourteen opening matches. Norwich, I think, uh, yeah, were on four points or something ridiculous like that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's mad what a couple of weeks can do. Who do we reckon? Watford, Watford get pulled out. Yeah, of that. I, I I said at the beginning of the season. I think Watford for me that that they, they they change too much at their club. It's just it's all over the place. I can never name more than about three players in their starting eleven. I can never even normally tell you who their current manager is. I only know who it is this time because Ranieri. They're just there's too much. There's too always too much going on at that football club. I, I don't see them staying up. Um, and then Burnley, I think Burnley are in trouble. I do. I think that maybe it might be they might pull it together, but I think again, it's just the qualities lacking. It is, it is throughout the squad. whole squad, and they're they're gonna they're probably gonna lose one of their decent centre backs to Newcastle. I think in in January as well. If Newcastle come in and offer like. 25 million quid for James Tuskowski, who's got six months left on his contract. I think they're going to have to take it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't think that he's done a phenomenal job. Unbelievable. That club, but Unbelievable job. It, it just gets to a yeah. point, doesn't it, where it kind of runs out of steam. And then I'm looking through the rest of the table. I think. <sighs> There's not much else notable, is there? Really? Are we missing anything? Um, I think Benitez is worth a shout. The amount of stick that bloke's had in the last few weeks, and I know they've been on a terrible run, but look at look at what he's had to invest in the summer. He's spent next to nothing, really. He's yeah. had his star centre forward he's... out all season, injured. Um, yeah, he's he's been dealt a pretty shit hand, and I, th- I think he's done a reasonable job. If Everton finished like top 10 this season I think it's fair play to him they've been screwed over by having that bloke come in who's promised the world spent loads of money on ridiculous players early on under what the three previous managers I think the amount of money given to 
Coleman, Ancelotti, yeah. and Marco Silva was just disgusting, and it was wasted, like thoroughly, thoroughly wasted. Um, so yeah, I think for Benitez to come in and just steady the ship is actually probably a sign of success, and he's he's done well, like bringing in like Andros Townsend's been quality for them. Damari Gray for one and a half million quid is a joke. He's been unbelievable. Um, they they're not doing that bad. They've just had a bad run of results. I think I think they'll be safe. I don't think they'll go no, go no. down. But he's obviously he's up against it, isn't he? Because he's yeah, Benitez exactly. in Liverpool. But I think it's better the devil you know. If they who would, if Everton got rid of Benitez, who's better? Who are they bring in that's going to do anything near what he's doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, I just I don't I don't see them getting rid of Benitez. I, he's probably on a huge contract as well. Like, what would be the point in paying that off? And then, lastly, we'll just touch on Man United. They're currently playing just now. It's one each against oh, Young Boys. Conceded. That's that's nice. Um, the the big yeah. story in the Champions League tonight is that Barcelona are going to get put into the Europa League in about fifty minutes time from now. Yeah, they're, they're getting, getting beat two 0 and Benfica are winning two 0 they need to be a monumental turnaround. I think it puts Benfica on like um, like eight points. Barcelona would be on seven, but Barcelona would have like a about a minus four or five goal difference by now against Benfica as well. Um, so yeah, the turnaround needed is is pretty big. And considering Barcelona are away to Bayern Munich, I don't really see it happening. It's they're currently trending on on Twitter. Not I'm surprised. trying to see if there's anything that says. Oh, it's, there's a there's a tweet that says Barca when Bayern put ten past them, but Benfica lose to Dynamo Kiev, and it's a goalkeeper. <laughs> absolutely, remember that? Remember that? Remember that stupid penalty shootout spoof where the goalkeeper just gets battered yeah. in the face constantly <laughs> with the ball, and then they win the cup, and it's him going off for the trophy. <laughs> but I think that yeah, I don't think they're they're going to go through. Well, that no, I was going to say Barca that'd be a nice, a nice draw for you, wouldn't it? Geo going back to one of I'd his former that. clubs. Yep, the new camp, home of our European trophy yep. victory, a long time ago. Hey, you know, um, any other European roundups? Ajax six for six last night. Same yep, as Liverpool. Pretty impressive. Un- unbelievable uh like that liverpool result is impressive as well because they rested eight players the only ones that kept their place were allison mane and salah and they went to the san siro against a full strength ac milan team who had rested players in their league match before that and and went and beat them 2-1 i thought that was an incredible result um so like fair play to to Klopp and liverpool for pulling that one off and yeah six from six in the champions league group stages rarely ever happens well that's I think they're the first English team yeah, to do incredible. that if I'm right um, we, I think we qualified years ago in the Champions League with the lowest points total ever <laughs> for the next round <laughs> there's a nice record I think it was, I think it was like 7 points <laughs> um, so we've got that but no, I think across Europe anything else Bayern are doing Bayern things in the German League I seen, and I saw that Jude Bellingham got fined forty thousand euros for saying it was match fixing. Yeah, uh, probably not the smartest thing for a kid to say, but nah. I mean, the referee that, that that did the match had 
been found guilty of match fixing about 15 years ago, I think. Um, you can see the the tenuous link, but yeah, probably not the smartest thing to say. It's just everyone wanted Dortmund to win that game. Everyone in Germany wanted Dortmund to win that game. It's become the most boring league in Europe. I'd... Well, did you? I saw that the um, speaking of the boring leagues, though, but the the great American coaching hope Jesse March yeah. got his marching orders. He was linked to a Celtic. Celtic were sniffing about him before he took that job. Good, good, uh, or no? What was it? What was I read? Right manager, wrong time. Yeah, um, wrong club. I think if they were saying that he would have been probably after. Um, is it Rangstein? How do you say his name? Ralph, Ralph Rangnick. Rang, Rang, Rangnick. If it'd been after him, mm. probably. But after N- uh, is it Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann, yeah. Nagelsmann, the club had progressed. Yeah. They kind of went forward with the playing style and he was trying to bring it back. And the players were just like, this isn't yeah. good enough. They, they, they um, I think, had lost a few decent players as well over the summer. Yeah, the club in transition, that one, Leipzig, they were probably won't see them in Champions League for another couple of years. But no. Nah, yeah. But but that's a pressure job because apparently the Red Bull top dog doesn't really like not winning. <laughs> so I wonder I wonder if we'll see him I'm just thinking about uh, Jesse, I wonder if we'll see him in the the, the Premier League. Yeah. To be honest. Could easily um, be our next manager if Ralph was to move on. I was just thinking like say a Southampton yeah. or somewhere. Would would he get do you think he would get I read somewhere that one of his problems was he was in Germany was he was American mm. and the respect wasn't there. And I wonder if he would get the same was it was, where did Bruce Arena coach? Did he come in to England? England? Did he was he was he not in England for like six games or something and then get Are you sacked? thinking of um Bob Bradley? Bob yeah. Bradley, that's it. Who uh, did he Swansea, coach? Yeah, Swansea. And then he got kinda driven out didn't he it's 11 yeah. games 11 games he lasted um, and you do wonder is, was he really poor or was it just the players just didn't respect him because he was an it, American it, like it could it could be that because um, uh, yeah I don't know I, I've read a lot of good things about Jesse and it would be interesting to see him come I've to the Premier League good stuff um, I think it would be interesting where he ends up next Um also, like maybe, maybe that club just needs a young, modern, successful coach to step into the breach yep. with the initials AVB. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe this is his moment in the Bundesliga. Maybe oh, it could fine. be. I mean, he's uh, yeah, we we're, we're backing him for any big job on this show. <laughs> I reckon whatever job his next job, we have yep. to go. We have to go to a game. <laughs> that can be the away days, away trip. Um, yep, we'll put it out. It can be a meet up for all our tens of listeners. We can all go <laughs> to the same match. Maybe, maybe organize like a dinner with them. <laughs> how, how do you think we're going to do that? Because we'll be responsible for him getting his next job. We're just keeping his. We're keeping his name out oh, there. Fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll let you have a word with his the, agent. In the in the metaverse, because we're all part of the metaverse <laughs> in there, aren't we? So out here on internet land. We are we we've got the AVB avatar, and we will we will get them. Yeah, to maybe success. we should like build a NFT of that as well. And, uh, yeah, and mint, yeah. and mint it, and then that then we we send it's a permanent ledger of a website where we hold a JPEG. Exactly. 
He'll be forever <laughs> thankful. He'll be ever thankful that we have an address of a website that holds an image of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> what value is there in it? There's none, but rich people have them. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't get me started. I could go on a mad rant about Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> right now, but I'm not going to do that. Biggest scam artist there is. But I'm referring to his V friends that he launched yeah, NFT. Please look it up and listen to what he says. He literally admits he's scamming people. It's shocking. Maybe 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 our American listeners, because we've got a couple, maybe one of them is Gary V. If you're listening, Gary, boxing match, <laughs> you Jake Paul. <laughs> we'll sort it out. We'll get you know, oh, you know who should get as a guest on the show? That little fucking Russian dude, or Kazakhstan dude. I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, you must know who I'm talking about. The little boxing guy. No, you've 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 totally lost me. Russian dwarf midget boxing. Hasbulla. Hasbulla. Oh, yeah, Come okay. on. I know who you mean. You must. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many other things spring to mind when I say something like that? I uh, just the the um yeah, the reference to him being Russian sort of threw me a bit. But yeah. <laughs> when is he is he Russian or is he where is he? Try to see. Russian Oh, the head of the Russian Dwarf Athletic Association said the potential fight would be unethical, saying it would be a laughing show. Unfortunately, that's exactly what it would be. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I've sent, I've sent you a picture of him so that you, just in case Perfect. you forgot what he looks like. But he's, he's 18 years old. Is he? He's not a kid. Yeah. Dagestan, he's from. He can't be 18 years old. Yeah. I'm going to need to see a birth certificate. We can't have him as a guest, I'm afraid. I I don't know how good his English is. And my Russian's poor. Wait, you could just be like, you just like, just, you'll go, hmm, <laughs> punching his fists. Maybe we could get him and AVB on because I'm pretty sure AVB managed out in Russia for a bit. So maybe he could be the sort of the language connection between us. Well, he was, he was a translator, wasn't he? AVB he was, was a translator yeah, was. as well, like Mourinho. So, it's all coming together. <laughs> right, guys, you heard it here first. Christmas bumper pod. We're going to have Hasbullah. We're going to have AVB on it. <laughs> like, it'll be a podcast Everyone to remember. for a treat. Right, before we go, predictions. I think tomorrow, maybe score draw for Rangers. Andy, Southampton, Arsenal. I think I think we'll lose 2-0. Um, I've not got high hopes for that one. Um, but also, just before we go, I need to do one final European roundup because um, it's the, we're going into the final day of the season in the Norwegian League. Uh, oh. Oda Glimt atop, 60 points. Molder a second on 57 points. Goal difference, Molder <laughs> two behind. Um. Who are they playing? Please tell me they're playing that, each other. That would, that would be, be great, amazing. But no, they're not. Um, Molder are away to Mjöndalen. 
Um, sorry, Boda glimped her way to Mjöndalen and Molda her way to Horgerson. Um Mjöndalen are currently rock bottom um, and Horgerson are mid-table with nothing to play for. Now, Boda Glimp played against Bran last weekend, who at that time were rock bottom and Boda Glimp drew with them. So you suspect they may be choked a bit in that match and Mjöndalen will want to win because they still got a chance of staying up. Boda Glimp will want to win because they want to win the title. So it could be an interesting one. I might even see if I can watch it. When's it? Saturday? Um, not too sure, actually. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Sunday. Sunday, 5 Sunday. o'clock local time. So 4 o'clock for you if you're looking to tune in. So yeah, it Sunday. really is. Um, but there was, uh, last weekend, there was, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but there was an incredible moment in one of the matches in Norwegian top flight when uh, Viking, who are, I think they're about third in the league. They're quite near the top. <laughs> I don't I don't quite know why it happened, but one of one of their centre backs and the goalkeeper started having a row. The goal the centre back has pushed the goalkeeper in the chest and the goalkeeper's yep, dived, dived in his face. I it makes you wonder, do they get taught in training to go down like that when they get that contact? And he's just forgotten that it's his own player that's done it. And been as he's going down, like, oh shit, I'm getting my defender sent off. And yeah, he sort of rolled around on the floor and his, his, his mate's been sent off. <laughs> if, if you've not seen it, or to all eight of our listeners, if you've not seen it yet, I just go on YouTube and have a look because it's hilarious. I think, yeah, I saw the clip. It's, it's so bad. It's everything that's wrong it, with football. It really is. Like... It really, really is. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's difficult to watch. Um, it's almost as hard to watch as a as a mock Tory conference during Christmas. Well, you seen you seen the uh, about Boris leads me on to my final point, where I'm just a wee tidbit that's nothing to do with anything. I just think this is quite cool. It's in the Nordic regions. It's not Scandinavia, but have you seen what happened with the the Prime Minister of Finland? She. So I only found yeah, this out today. She's thirty six she years old. She? She's really young. She went out. Um, she came under sustained criticism after it was revealed she stayed out dancing until the early hours on the weekend, despite knowing she was exposed to COVID-19. Um, what happened was she went out on the randan, had a wild one, she should have double-checked the guidance, and she left her work phone at home. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next morning when she wakes up absolutely hanging, <laughs> she gets she looks at her work phone and she's got a text message saying, you need to self-isolate, and then she's like, ah, crap. <laughs> I love, you know, it's the first time a world leader has ever done any, some anything that I could positively relate to <laughs> of that absolute fear after a big, big night out. And you like, or when your phone's dead, the worst one's when your phone's yeah. dead and you're like, the alarm. And you're just thinking to yourself, what time is it? Oh my God. And you turn it on and it's like 10 15. And you're like, how's it yeah, work? I'm currently in a meeting. And there I go. <laughs> Uh, she can't be the first world leader that you can um, you can relate to some of the actions of. I'm, I'm sure Berlusconi's done a few things that you can uh, you can align to. <laughs> we don't talk. We don't talk about the bunga bunga days. Those days are those days are long gone. But no, for that I, I think Finland fair play. Like fair play, you've got a prime minister who likes to party and lets people know 
they like a party, unlike our Prime Minister, who denies there was a party, but if there was a party, they followed the guidance and they sacked someone today who admitted there was a party, but there was no party. Um, so <laughs> If I say it didn't yeah. happen, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, so uh, we'll, see, we'll see where we're at this time next week. <laughs> we'll see where we're at. We're now, we're now moved on to Plan B, which if our American listeners know, that's the... Uh, the morning after pull for you guys. <laughs> so we're now, we've now moved on to, we've now been royally fucked for a long time and now we're getting the plan B to try and fix it. And I think it's a bit too Quite late. Quite possibly. Anyway. On that cheery anyway, note. On that cheery <laughs> note. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been the Finnish Prime Minister. Andy's been Victor Meldrew. We've had a great time. <laughs> it's been good to be back. But no, Guys, take care. Everybody stay positive. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Probably Monday and not Wednesday, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, right, guys. Thanks Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye.